Hello, fellow podiatrists. This is Dr. TJ Yan. In this episode, I am bringing a Dr. David Zuckerman, special guest to our podcast, Podiatry Profits Podcast. And then we are going to talk so many interesting things. And I, I had so much fun at this interview with Dr. Zuckerman. He shares a lot of interesting behind stories about minimally invasive surgery and his mentors. And we talk a lot of pearls of building a cash-strong premium concierge practice. I bet you will love this episode and I will see you inside. Welcome to the Podiatry Profits Podcast, where you will discover how to get more patients and multiply the profits of your practice with minimally invasive foot surgery, proven marketing systems, and ethical influencing to your patients. And now, your host, board-certified podiatrist, best-selling author, speaker, and founder of TJ On Coaching and Consulting, Dr. TJ On. Hello, this is Dr. TJ On. Welcome to this week's special episode of Podiatry Profits Podcast. As you know, as you know I just launched this and Actually, our next guest here um, is a special guest, and he is going to be my very first guest speaker in our Podiatry Profits podcast. So I'm here with Dr. David Zuckerman. He is currently a, a CEO of Zuckerman Future Technology, but He's been around for a while. He's been around way before um, before me. So um, he's been well known to the community of podiatry and um, he has a special relationship uh, professionally and even personally with the minimally invasive surgery, which I am focusing on my uh, current practice and my consulting model. So again, without further ado, I'd like to uh, introduce uh, Dr. David Zuckerman. Hello, Dr. David. How are you? I'm doing very well. I appreciate this opportunity um, to be on your first pod. Um, you know, I have no idea the direction of this is going, but I hope it's a direction that benefits, um, you know, your, 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 your podiatrist and everybody that follows you. I, I will say one thing that, that, that just, um, you know, I see you, TJ, when I learned, when I learned minimal incision surgery, I learned it from a guy named Edwin Prober, who was, they called him the king of the zippers. You know, someone, and, Prober, and, Dr. Prober, yeah. Prober, and he was the founder of the Academy of Ambulatory Foot Surgery. He was actually uh, one of the, the, according to him, he was the pioneer and he invented a lot of things. But I see you as the present day. And that's why I look up to you and I admire you and I, I love watching you. You're the present, you are the, the tooth, you're the next century and the future of minimal incision surgery. Because it's, it's it, minimal incision surgery is a surgical technique, but it's a philosophy of how you want to practice and how you want to treat your patients. And you teach that. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you so much for your compliment. Although I don't consider myself as a pioneer of minimally invasive surgery, I'm considering myself more as a messenger. And, um, you know, like a, almost like it's my mission to spread the benefits and power of minimally invasive surgery that I learned from my mentors. And I'm just hoping to spread these wonderful alternative surgical skills to our current colleagues 
that not only will help more patients, but it will help their current practice. Yeah. And you know something you, you've done, you've taken it to, to the a level where there's publications. I'll never forget um, my mentor and a relative of mine, Ed Prober, said to me, minimal incision surgery will, the, will prosper and it will move forward. And I'm watching this with you. The world is embracing it. He told me when he's dead is when it'll happen. Wow. So, I, yeah, I've never had the chance to meet uh, Prober. Tell me more about him. You, you're actually, you say you're a relative, right? Yeah, my sister, I met, I went into podiatry only because of minimal incision surgery. No other reason. So mm. I knew about it before I got into podiatry. And my sister, Ed Prober, had, he, he had a course. It was called the Prober uh, Conclave. He would bring, um, he would bring 20, um, 20 students into his office. He did it uh, every couple months. And the, the whole office was video, uh, under video. So you would watch it live. And he would teach the course and he would come out. I mean, I took the course. I don't know. I, I know the course in my brain. It's ingrained in me. So when I hear you say, you know, the truth, is the, the truth is the truth. It doesn't matter who says it. It's the truth. And a lot of things that you say, I'll never forget the last thing you said in, in your, uh, with Dr. Ad Jeffrey, own it, defend it, learn what, and you talk about the strikes, do it, learn one thing well and build a niche to it. I mean, this has always been true. But you know, and hold on just a second. It is one. I I want to turn off this. Um, can Can you hold on just a second? Oh, absolutely. This is kind of brand new uh, setup, and then this Siri thing. Something's triggering. However, you say sometimes when you say something, it, it triggers Siri. Yeah. Is that barking in the background bothering you? Oh uh, no. Okay, okay I, I think my dog Remy is uh, barking for some reason. Oh, I see. I can hear. Yeah. So let me see. I turned it off. Okay. So again, I think um, you told you you said about let's start. Let me see. Clap, clap, clap. So can you tell me about that? Uh, you said you're the relative, and then you met him. Right. I mean, you went to his course, and then you That's said not I, how it happened. I was 16 years old when I met Ed Prober. Oh, it was six. You were sixteen years old. I, I was see. sixteen years old when I met him. My sister married his oldest son. My father was a podiatrist at that time. Uh, minimal incision surgery was quote only taught by the old taught to the old chiropodists and not the three. See, you're a little different. You're you're training well trained podiatrist. My father went one year to podiatry school. Was chiropody school. He went off to the war and came back. And Ed Prober taught minimal incision surgery to the chiropody world, the, the non-surgically, there was surgically trained people, trust me, but he got the reputation. He trained over 10,000 people. And my, mm -hmm. and my sister married his oldest son. They've been married for about 50 years and he had two sons. Uh, they never went into uh, uh, podiatry. And uh, I'll never forget the day I was in college and uh, I saw what my father was doing. My father, um, you know, I saw, I'll never forget the first procedure he ever did because his, his office was in our house. So I'd, we could always walk in his kids into the office because it was right attached to the house. And he did it. I never forget the first procedure I ever saw him do. It was a dorsal esoxtosis, or we call a hump foot, that he did on a, a guy, uh, our mailman. Mm -hmm. Now, in those days, you learned it. 
You took the course you learned, you came home and you did it. And it was set up that way. And I truly believe that, you know, you've done it a little bit differently, but um, I, I just think they got to do it now. And you, you just got to do it and trust yourself. Um, you know, there is a beginner's luck. Minimal incision surgery is very hard, very hard. You can be good, but to be great. But there's a beginner, you know, if you, you teach basic, I've never taken your courses, but my, I imagine you're very well organized and you treat basics so that you don't have to go through the pain and make the mistakes. They always say, study somebody that's made mistakes. And don't study what they're doing right. But getting back to Prober is that uh, I'll never forget when I decided I want to become a podiatrist. Uh, my sister lived above his office with her husband and I'd always walk in the back in the parking lot and go through the office and I would talk to him. Uh, and I was a freshman. I was, I wanted to always be an emergency room physician. I don't do that well with um, people dying. And then the, the, the college that I went to, we worked in hospitals. They really, it was a, you know, a hands-on thing. You just didn't, you, you're in pre-med, but you went out there and did it. So I saw a lot of people, uh, you know, die in front of me. It wasn't for me. So I'm walking through his office and I hear this woman screaming, screaming. And he says to me, uh, I said, what's going on, Ed? And he says to me, well, go in and talk to her. And the woman was screaming and crying because it was the first. She, I still remember this. Like we're talking in the seventh. Wait a minute. It was probably uh, 70. Wait. Oh, God. When did I go? Uh, college. <laughs> probably 73. 1973. I can wow. turn this video on in my head. I'm walking in a long hallway. I went into the room and she'd had uh, two, four, number two, four Mets bilateral done, four osteotomies done, severe IPKs. Because I asked them what it went on. And uh, he said to me, um, she, as, soon as, you, as soon as you reset or cut the metatarsal bone percutaneously, the pain's gone. I mean, it's gone. Everybody, I mean, that's a beauty of uh, an in-office uh, percutaneous metatarsal. There's no stitches and stuff. The pain has gone very little pain. It's more of a relief yeah. than anything. So I'm talking to her and a woman says the first time she ever walked on, uh, on the, with no pain on the bottom of her foot. So I'm going out and I always had visions. I've been very good with vision. And boy, did I learn the hard way. Uh, I'll tell you, I thought, this is podiatry. You know, podiatry to me, yeah, you can have hospital-based. We didn't have surgical centers then. I mean, podiatry means like dentistry. Minimal incision surgery, it's a unique procedure that only podiatry could do. We blew it. You're the second chance. We blew it back then because it was a unique procedure. It can be done right in the office only by podiatrists. Yeah. Wait, so and I'm like, Going back to what we were, you were talking about my course, I do focus on foundation, like principles of minimally invasive surgery, but we do have different levels. So, you know, when someone just joins, obviously I want them to make sure they know the foundation principles. Yeah, but after that, we do have intermediate level, advanced level. So, you know, we do all kinds of procedures in our portal, share cases, almost like a grand rounds of residency program. So you'll see a various kind of procedures, but okay. yeah, you're right. Yeah, MIS you know, definitely hands-on and it's got steep learning curve. For it, sure. it, it does. And you know something to me, I had, I don't get it. I mean, to me, I had to run around. I had many mentors. I, and I don't know if you know the names, uh, Abraham Plon. I don't know if you ever heard that name. Yeah, I've heard his name, of course. I've spent a lot of time with him. I went to school with his uh, daughter, Margie Plon. He was a master. We, 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 we didn't, do have operating rooms. I put a pair of gloves on and uh, I, uh, he had a little dental outfit and we do bunions and everything right in the chair, right in the chair. 
like dentistry does. There was no operating rooms. There was no fluoroscopes. What year are we talking about? We're talking um, in the early 70s. Oh, my gosh. And uh, Ronnie Strauss was another yeah, Strauss, one I went to. Uh-huh. I went, I went wow. to Ronnie Strauss. Ronnie, St- I, I went to a lot. I'll never forget one time. I used to search people out. And I'll never forget this guy. I won't mention his name. Uh, I'm in an academy meeting in 1981. Um, and uh, we're, um, I met this guy, and he was from Fred- Hagerstown, Maryland. And what amazed me about it, the thing is, always try to learn something. Keep learning. When you stop learning, you're dead. So he, he was an expert in making humidors for cigars, and he made cellos. Okay? Wow. So uh, I said, I got to go see this guy. He was a minimal incision guy. I drove. It was one of the worst experiences of my life. But uh, I went down there and uh, he was terrible. He was the worst search never saw in my life. However, I'll tell you what I learned. Uh, have you ever heard of uh, TrackNet, the um, the computer uh, software? So he's doing, he's got, it was a company called the Rogers, Debbie Rogers and her husband. It was called DR software in his office. And he was starting to do computerization. This was in 19, uh, probably 85, 86. And uh, that eventually became TrackNet. The Rogers were bought out by another company, but that was the first EMR in podiatry, I'll never forget when I had to put in, we had an 8086 computer, I think that's what it was, AT&T, it cost me $3,000, I put it in my office, and um, the guy said to me, it was 10 megabytes, he said, that's all you'll need for the rest of your life. Wow, talking about early adopters. Yep, um, but the point is, always don't look what the person's doing wrong, find out anything you can look at. I've seen some great minimal, bad minimal, but I mean, You got to learn. You're always going to learn some. Keep your eyes positive and learn because you only need the beauty about podiatry is you only have to do a few things right to to springboard forward. Just takes a little bit of a push of what you're doing. It's not this major change. It's little increments. And before you know it, you're there. That's your life. You made a decision. I mean, I I know your story. And it doesn't take much. I really believe we where we are now is the basically how you made every little decision and the person you met and things you did like past in the past. So in the past, whatever you did and then whatever you do or doing now, it'll make of who you are. You Absolutely. Know? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And you don't have to look at it as your past being negative. It's a journey. Don't evaluate it, grow. That's the only way you grow is you grow. Right. And, um, you know, I'm just, I look back on it, but the minimal incision surgery was the best, best thing I ever did. And I was residency trained, open trained. I was ostracized like crazy in my residency program because I, of who I was. I'll never forget the funniest thing is I couldn't get into the Pennsylvania College of Podiatric Medicine because I was associated with minimal incision surgery and who my relatives were. Uh, 20 years later, I'll never forget the invited. I lectured to them, not on minimal incision, which is amazing. It was minimal incision surgery in schools was a tough road. A tough It's different. But I lectured to the whole surgical board, whole surgical staff at the Temple School of Podiatry about 10 years ago on ESWT. And I'm so, looking at it out there and I'm saying to myself, wow, you know, here I came. And, you know, I didn't take it personal. I had a, you, you got a, 
You got to take a stand and never look back. Don't, don't try to, you got to say to yourself, I'm not going back there. Yeah. No the, way. Things, things, things that I, I talked about with Dr. Adler that you said you mentioned earlier, take the stand, defend it like hell. That's <laughs> you. I mean, yeah. it's the same. I mean, it's the same truth. You're never going to be successful unless you don't take a stand. And fortunately you're taking, I'm not saying taking a stand on something that's bad. If you know it's good and you, and you believe in it and you know it works and your patients are your audience. Right. So, so true. So, um, yeah, now is, is the best time than ever, in my opinion, because of, well, before, like they're saying that obviously pioneers are the ones on, um, who has uh, arrows on their back, you know, because <laughs> pioneers <laughs> are the ones that will start, you know, the initiate the movement and obviously they'll create some enemies and etc. that which, Unfortunate, which is very unfortunate, but nowadays it's politically aligned, financially aligned, healthcare system aligned, and just, um, you know, the benefits of minimally invasive surgery for me is just so obvious that obvious. Yeah. Every system's, you know, welcoming for it. The market uh, is always the truth. Yeah. Market and, and there's a need. I love, I mean, it's, you got to find out what patients want. And give it to them, you know, because patients will tell you, I mean, who today can run in and have a bunion and, and, and or, or any kind of foot surgery and be out, you know, and off their feet in a cast for three months? Nobody True. can. They yeah. can't. They, I'll tell you what procedure built both my practices. The simple ostectomy. If you can get rid of a corn, a chronic corn, and don't think it's so easy. Don't say you make a little opening, buzz it down. There's an art to it, and you got to learn that art. But it built my one after another. I mean, they just came, and they, can you help me like you help this person? Can you help me? And, you know, it was, um, I was taught that the best patients were your older patients, your senior citizen patients uh, by Ed Prober. I opened my office up next to, uh, I was told, open it up next to a bank or open it up next to uh, a senior citizen complex. It doesn't matter. It's a good start, you know, but it, to me, it didn't matter. You're, if you have a great product and let's face it, minimal incision surgery is a service and a product. It's only part of it. And you teach the second part. And that is, I was always taught and you have different words. The patient is the reflection of the doctor. If you don't portray your confident, if you look, if you've got a white jacket on with, with stains on it in your office, you know, you got to be the four seasons. You got to be that, you know, it, you know, it's, the surgery is one thing, but it's the whole presentation of it yep. and confidence. I mean, I look at you, you're the real deal. <laughs> Thank you. You are. Well, I, I, you know, again, I think a key is that you focus on patient, not on myself and Absolutely. my, my mar yeah, marketing message. Everything is about what's in it for patient, you know, as soon as you start talking about how good you are and, you know, how many board certification you have, you already lose their interest. I was yeah. always thought the more you talk to the patient and brag, the more, the faster the walk out of the, of the room. That's true. I mean, that that's just old time true. In, and you know, in, something I was, I was thinking to myself and I don't want to spend a lot of time. I'm like, I have a laser called the Remy 
Yeah, tell was, me about it. I mean, I know you retired I, I, from practicing podiatry for, uh, due to health reason, and then you don't stop. So again, uh, how that whole change of well, career in a way. I've happened. always been involved with lasers for the last 15 years because mm -hmm. I don't like, it's funny how I got started with lasers. Somebody called me up about the pinpoint laser and uh, pinpoint was they put a laser in an area and they excluded everybody. And I'm saying to myself, why would they, why do you want to exclude people? You want to welcome people and, and teach them. And that's how I got started um, mm -hmm. that way. But the Remy is finally developed for one. Uh, and I'll just give you some of the, not the features of the laser, but the philosophy. Sure. Because it's got to be effective. Two, it's got to be affordable to the patient. You have to have a quick return on investment. Marketing, it's a package. It's like you give your blueprint. You got to have a blueprint. But, but I look at the Remy, I, the Remy was never developed. Uh, it was always started with the patient first, and then I worked up. It's not how much am I gonna make, it's you gotta look at the end user, and it's always been the patient and then the doctor. And you pointed that out, you've got, you gotta think about your patients first. Yeah. And that's what's very important. So, I mean, I have a laser, it's only four pounds, it's got every feature you wanted, and I picked from everything and I put it together. And I was only able to do that when I decided I'm not working for anybody more. I'm not going to be a distributor. I'm the importer. It's a lot more expensive to be an importer and designer and a lot more responsibility, just like your practice. Why would you want to work for somebody? You know, it, it, I'll never forget the first practice I ever sold. I was negotiating with, with a podiatrist and, um, my father walks in and we're talking about the price. I'll never forget this as long as I live. My father walks in and, and, and I turn around that. And the guy turned around and said to my father, what do you think the practice is worth? And my dad said to him, what do you mean? And he said, uh, he said you're going to buy a practice? What are you nuts? You put your shingle up and you build it yourself. <laughs> and you control it. And I said, dad, you're ruining the deal. But he was Hell, right. Dad, shut up. <laughs> yeah, he was right. Yeah, you you got to. I want to swing the bat. Yeah, you're going to make mistakes, but at least you can control your own destiny. And I'll bet that's what you teach when you say own it. That's what you mean. You control your own destiny. I've been very fortunate. I got. To, I mean, I have some of the finest engineers with my Remy that are out there because I I know them over the years. They they came to me because they left one company, and they're. It's just. It's. I call it the perfect storm. It's the perfect storm. I vote mm -hmm. 10 years ago, you can read in podiatry management, maybe 15 years ago, where I talked about the first portable multifunction laser. I see. And it was $35,000, you know, and yeah, we, you know, today you gotta, you got, I'm not saying I've done it both ways. I, I kind of gave up. I had the perfect life when I came out. I worked 15 hours a day, no insurance, and I worked Monday, let's see, I, I skied from, in the wintertime, I skied from, I was single too. I skied from a, a Thursday to a Sunday, came back Monday morning, worked from four to seven. Then I worked uh, 11 to two the next day. It was like 15 hours. It was ridiculous hours. And you're living that, like, that's something, I, I mean, that is, you gotta, you can't, if I hadn't lost my eyesight, I'd still be in that office working 10, 12 hours a, a day, seeing, a, you know, 80, 90 patients. So when you say that in your course, I'm like, please listen to him, <laughs> listen to him, because that was one of the biggest mistakes I ever made. But I, I'm, I don't regret it because I am where I am. 
Somebody sure. said oh, your practice isn't that big. I was making two hundred thousand dollars a year back in um, uh, what, what's what year was that? It was nineteen eighty two. I didn't have the biggest house in the world. Who need you don't need you know you only need so much in life. I mean, I could travel, do anything I wanted. I had bills paid. I didn't own anything. I never rented from anybody. And then one day I said to myself, somebody, you're not that big. And I, and I, I got on this stupid idea of having multiple offices. And I'll forget my mentor, one of my mentors, Abe Plon, said to me, you know why you have two offices? Because you don't know how to run one. And they're right. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's like that. You give the example of that in, in karate. I don't know if it's karate. That kick, learn the right kick over and over and over again, the same, don't learn 10 different ways, learn that right one and be a master at it, be right. a master. Yeah, so. simplified life is always um, kind of what I'm shooting for, what I'm aiming for always, because, you know, we are podiatrists, but how many podiatrists are really devoting our whole life in podiatry? We, you know, not many of them, I, I'm not one of them, I want to be a podiatrist. Of course, I love helping patients. However, I have my life. I have my family. We live one life. And David, I think what you're saying is that basically kind of same thing. We should have a balance in our life. You know, anything going to too extreme in one side, it's not good as far as a, a life point. But to do that, you need to create very efficient but profitable practice. Now, simplified and profitable practice, you cannot focus on too many things. You have to create and develop your niche and then just focus on it and be good at it. That's what I meant by, you know, be on the top and defend it like hell. Yeah. You know, it's interesting in my mineral incision practice, I didn't do, I never focused on the bunion at all. It was always... Uh, IPKs and corns and heel pain. I was a very big, big, big heel pain. Yeah, those are great procedures, uh, you know, done by minimally invasive surgery for sure. Yeah. The bunion, yeah. I mean, my father once said to me, bunions, they either work well or they look horrible no matter what you do. That's why there's over a hundred procedures. Um, we didn't have the Wilson. I was very good at the Wilson. Mm-hmm. But I did the Wilson. A Plum was the best at the Wilson. I watched the Wilson get developed. And, and, and the funny thing is, and you probably don't know this, I, I look at Steve, Steve Isham is a gentleman and a scholar. I never forget as long as the first time I met him and how he got involved in minimal incision. And the procedure so you can make it so everybody can learn it. You can have the greatest procedure in the world. And if nobody can't replicate it, you can't teach it, it's worthless. And a great right. teacher... I don't think I've ever seen you teach. I don't think I've ever seen you lecture before because I was always at a booth outside. Right. I had, you know. Uh, you can you can talk to Larry and some other people you already know. Oh, they know already. Larry Kales knows. <laughs> when Larry Kales tells you you're a good teacher, he calls you the little Eddie Prober. I mean, because Larry Kales has been around for a long, long, long time, and uh, he's seen it all. And yeah, we love him. Mm-hmm. We we, ha- we have a bond because we've been there. We, we were prober. He's a big prober disciple. I mean, that's where I met Larry at Probers. Right. Yeah. Again, I mean, before I met Larry Kales, basically my direct mentor is Dr. Stephen Aisham. So, you know, all of my go-to minimally invasive surgical procedures are kind of based on procedures he performed and he taught. 
However, you know, more I talked to Larry and some other doctors and I met other mentors and, you know, this Ed Prober name just keep coming up, you know? So, yeah, I've been kind of indirectly seeing it. Um, I started doing some of his techniques and it's been really effective. Yeah. I'll tell you an interesting thing. Uh, You know, they say Thomas Edison, he never invented the light bulb. And this may fit in with you. He perfected it. Edwin Prober learned from a guy named Morton. You ever heard of Morton Polakoff, the Polakoff rasp? Polakoff, yeah. I met him once when he was 90 years old. My father introduced me to him at a New Jersey podiatry society. And they all went to Morton Polakoff. You know, uh, mm. he was the one that he, he took. I took in, in New Jersey, you couldn't make an incision with a blade. So they used the galvanic stimulant, a galvanic Stimulator and it made a little incision. They put a little rasp in there. So you're, you're the one I see is taking it to the, the next level. Uh, I, I was always told the, the most important thing, I'll never forget Marvin Arnold. Uh, he was a, one of the best presidents we ever had at the Academy. And he said to me that the importance when you're a pioneer or whatever is to hand it off so it's intact, so it can grow. And that's what I see in you. I see somebody that is being handed off to to where it's going to move forward and be better than it ever was. Cause you can always learn. You can always grow. And that's what I saw in you. the first time I met you, I saw oh, that. Thank you. Wow. Yeah, I think you, yeah, you, you see it, right. Cause that's my goal. You know, I want to make sure uh, doctors learn the right way, you know, and proper environment and proper support and accountability. So, uh, you know, less likely make any, any mistakes or errors, you know, during this endeavor of uh, learning and implementing minimally invasive surgery. And along with that, obviously business aspect is so important nowadays to, to survive because of insurance, um, all this ridiculous reimbursement, you know, they need to learn how to do cash pay and how to run uh, practice like running business and how to talk to patients right way. So they don't have to feel like they're like being sales salesman, you know, or saleswoman. So, I mean, this is kind of a whole part of the deal. So, you know, recently I'm putting a mastermind together. Uh, it, it's in on because of demand and, Yep. You know, I've taught and helped minimally invasive surgery and business skills and marketing skills. Now I need to take those to even upper level that we need that mastermind level brainstorm, implement and thrive and grow together in a higher level. So it always gives me challenge. I always I'm learning something new and implementing it, you know. So but anyway, thanks for seeing that aspect in me. Uh- I'll tell, you, I'll tell you something else that interests me because I talked to a lot of podiatrists and, uh, you know, you know, you have a comprehensive, I get bits and pieces of it, but I have pretty good intuition. You have a comprehensive program and I'll, you have some people take a little bit. I have one podiatrist say to me, uh, how does TJ do it on this uh, with his social media? And, you know, how's he do that? You know, I don't know what you charge for your whole package, but, uh, but I, I tell people, do it. It's, it, it, do it. it's your future. You know, you're, you want to get, you want somebody that's going to give you the whole, it's not minimum incision surgery. If it's not, it's more than minimum incision surgery. It's the, just like my Remy. You know, I talk about the marketing, the, the practice management. You can't, you, you can't put a price on knowledge. 
and, 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 and something that you'll learn that will move you to another level. Again, I think podiatry is inches. And I'm like, I mean, I don't know why any podiatrist that, that I mean right now that if they want to learn minimal incision surgeon and implement it, because you talk about insurance companies, I, I, you know, it's like, how could you, how could you be uh, enslaved to an insurance company? You know, uh, and you got to be, you, I mean, there's so much more to what you're talking. Ed Prober never took any insurance at all. Wow. At all. Back in then, it was all you present, you told the patient what it was and they paid for it. Right. You know, and that's what I, and you, you know, you know, and he t- never prejudged the patient present it. And I learned that, you know, but what I'm saying is you're either in or you're out. Don't dabble in anything. And I got to tell you something and teach you, we don't know each other that well, but you got to be a fool not to take your full course. You got to be a fool not to do that. If it's thousands of dollars, I know it's not hundreds of thousands of dollars. No, it's a thousand. It's not. Yeah, but, but uh, you know what? You're talking about that. I think you would agree with me. It that word or the phrase about putting skin in the game, you know, because I need to prove to other doctors that I practice what I preach. And even my program, it could be probably worth hundred thousand dollars because I can make them make that money in a year and two. It's a gift. Yes. But however, I cannot make it for free. I cannot make it too cheap. Of course, I want to make money because this is my consulting business, but that's not the point. I've tested them. You know, actually funny thing is lower the prices. They don't take it seriously. Not everybody, of course, but majority of it. Yeah. But if you put your skin in the game, you get more committed. And that exact principle I apply to my high, high ticket premium pricing concierge practice. So, you know, I see it in my practice, but what I tell my clients, okay, now that you invested high ticket coaching program, you know how it's like and what kind of results you get. Now you can charge your patients high ticket concierge treatment solution. And that's priceless to learn that skill. You can't put a number on that. Ed Prober, uh, 50 years ago, would charge $500. But you got a lifetime of somebody that's on your team. And $500, that was a lot of money. But that's like five, ten thousand dollars $10,000 today. Right. And it's one case. Can wow. you, I can't believe that people, you know, they're, you got to get in the game. And I would recommend you... A hundred percent, because I see the people that, uh, you know, that you've produced, you know. The, Thank you. The, I know you referred me several doctors already. And I mean, Jaws, we, don't, yeah, we don't know each other that well. And I, I was I appreciate you so much. You know, that might, right. that's that's that. And it works. It absolutely works. And with the Internet and social media. Oh, my God. The things they could learn. I may take your course just to learn social media, but I don't want to get too big. <laughs> I don't want to get too big. Yeah, you know, it's it's a social media marketing. It's 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 definitely learnable skill, but it is very effective. You can target them, and you can I know. yeah, you can pixel them, and you can retarget them. So it, you can show your relevant ads and marketing but, message to people who watched your video before. I love the way these guys will go out. And they probably will drop thousands of dollars for this, quote, consultant who doesn't know anything about podiatry and he's going to run their website. 
I talked to somebody today about that. I'm like, what do you talk? Why, why would you, you know, I'm going to get you up in the list, you know, on the way. And it's like day traders. You better know that game and you right. better, the way you know it is to play it. And why would you want to make the mistakes and learn it? It could take you years to learn that. Admit yeah. to yourself, you don't know what you're doing. And I was, I'll never forget the first thing Ed Prober said to me in his office, shut up and listen. You want to learn something, shut up and listen. And you got to admit to yourself, you don't know. You don't know. And just shut up and learn. I mean, there's an old saying, that's why you have two ears and one tongue. You have two ears to listen to and one tongue to talk. Shut your mouth. And that was, I have a little problem still to this day doing that. But the more I learn that, you know when somebody knows what they're doing. You know. You know. I've met masters of different fields. They devoted their lives on the specific expertise of that field that includes uh, police dog training and you know I've had I was fortunate to meet world's renowned uh, master of police dog training German Shepherd training uh, here in in America but he has that character of master in his expertise just like masters of MIS just like masters of martial arts and I remember whenever someone brings their dog, see if they're a good dog to be trained by him. And he, you know, whenever they start praising or, you know, good things, almost like they praise about their children, right? And then he always say exactly the same thing. Uh, He didn't say shut up and, you know, listen, but he say, don't tell me, show me. You know, he always just say, hey, don't tell me, show me. He was mean, he, he's a, but he's a great teacher. I respect him, but just blunt, honest, direct. And at some point, of, I mean, some aspect of me, I'm like that. I'm very, I'm known to be blunt and direct. So I'm trying, I'm, I've been working myself to be more mellow and, you know. Uh, you have a kind pres- a kind personality. When I see you, I sense kindness. It's a kind bluntness. I mean, I don't, uh, I don't sense that in you at all. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, well thank you. I mean, that, for- maybe because I'm willing to be open and some people that don't want to hear the truth. Right. Um, I have to tell the truth. I cannot sugarcoat it. I cannot sugarcoat it. You know, because it, I almost feels like it's disservice. If if I'm going to sugarcoat something that I'm seeing that could be corrected, and I'm not saying it, I cannot sleep that night. I I have to tell them right there. So that's kind of my problem. I need I, to. I have the same problem. And listen a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I have the same problem. <laughs> well, yeah. David. So um, thanks for chatting with me. I know I learned a lot for sure about kind of pioneering stage and the early stage of minimally invasive surgery and you're the kind of living podiatrist that you had the experience with these, these uh, well-known names and uh, kind of amazing stories. And also you, we talked about importance of, um, you know, having mentor, having, getting proper, getting into proper program and take actions. Uh, now, before we end today's um interview and this podcast episode, what would you like to tell, uh, you know, tell listeners about like, I don't know, maybe in terms of a current new normal and all this post COVID and beyond, do you have any suggestion for young podiatrists or maybe 
struggling podiatrists that who don't know what to do, kind of living in fear? Well, um, that's an that's an interesting uh, question. Uh, I can give you an observation I've noticed is that I know podiatrists. For me personally, and I I had more business in the last in the COVID period than I did in my in my last fifteen years. And I don't know if it was a growth or whatever. I don't. I never. I'm not saying COVID isn't real. I'm not saying there's not sympathy for it, but there's always people that will thrive. And mm. you're only as they say, the only thing I can say is to kind of do this, stay around the five people that you are around. And this is your mastermind. Right. The five people that you're around are going to who you really are. And fear is a very difficult thing to, uh, you know, to get over with. You know, it's fear. Yeah, and, and it, it's something that a lot of it, some of it's real and some of it's not, but you have a choice. You're either going to thrive or not thrive. And there's always that. Again, I said podiatry is a game of inches. And, you know, it, it's just like in um, in baseball. If you hit three, I always say to people, if you hit three out of 10, you're in the Hall of Fame. That's called a 300 hitter. I still think that's with podiatry. But get in people that are successful. You know, if you don't have the answer, go out and find it. The one thing that I have in my life right now is I have what's called the black book. I have a book that if you have a problem, and you're in my book now too. If you have a problem, whether it's professionally, uh, you need this doctor or that, because I've accumulated over the years, you, I'm gonna refer, if I don't have the answers, I'm gonna introduce you to the person that does. And you gave the answer. I just listened to you. It's the mastermind, join. And if you can't think you can afford it to get into a good thing, good, good things cost money. Go out and borrow the money if you have to. Put it on a credit. I, if I told you how much I actually <laughs> formed a company, a shockwave company, it's 20 years old. I took a mortgage out of my house to, to buy a half a million dollars piece of equipment. If I, you got to take a risk, you know, you got to take, if you stand still, you'll die. You got to keep moving forward. And trust me, things, the bad things never happen that you think they're going to happen in your mind. Control it. You got to have control. But I'll just say one last thing that's very important is, if I was coming out of school, I would be involved with you. And it's the truth. I'm not saying I don't know you that well. You don't know me that well. But I see what you're doing. And you got you got you know what you're doing. <laughs> first of all, you know, I thought you were about 25 years old when I first met. Oh no, I just turned I 50. Know. <laughs> I know, I know that. Yeah. I can't believe it. But anyway, yeah. I I I I, pre I could talk for hours with you, uh, you know, but get in a group that will and 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 you'll look it up. My, my success is based on the five people that are around me. If you're not successful, maybe you need to get rid of uh, some of the people that are around you and get people that are successful. My father once told me, if you want to make money, be around people that are, that are making money. If, if you want to be a best surgeon, be around the best surgeons. And you're kind of the package today. You're the, I tell you, you're the Ed, and Larry Kales told me this. You're the Ed Prober of, of today. Oh, and thank you so thank much. You. That That's, a, that's the biggest compliment that I can ever, ever have that, um, from you guys. Now, when people wants to want, want to know more about your laser, or I know you, you're, maybe this is another, some other day, Onifix, and I know you're doing different, uh, always kind of into different technology to help podiatrists. So what's the best way to get to you if they want, want to know more about your service or products? Oh, well, they can always, they can text me. Is yeah. remylaser.com. Remylaser.com? Uh, yeah. 
Okay. So that, that will be easiest way for me to put a note in yeah. our uh, po- podcast episode notes. And I don't even mind him calling me my cell phone. If you text me, I'm going to, I'm going to get back to you. It sounds good. Well, thank you so much, David. It was pleasure um, talking about all this journey of your lifelong journey of podiatry and your endeavor to help um, other colleagues. And, you know, again, I, I just feel so blessed that, you know, you were thinking so highly of me and, you know, I, I, I feel like very humbled, you know, I'm like, oh, shoot, you know, I better take up to that name that I, I better continue to do my have, best. You're doing it now. <laughs> you're doing it now. I get excited when I uh, see what you're doing, you know, because it's, uh, I see it moving forward. The torch is moving forward and nobody better than you to do it because you've put the, you've looked at the environment and you've adapted to it. You've controlled it as best. You can't be perfect, but you control it the social meeting, the MIS, the presentation, you know, uh, what you're doing. And I mean, it's, it's impressive. Yeah, that's that. I think that that's the message I want to give my viewers and listeners audience It's not about me. TJ on is just TJ on, but I'm creating environment just like David, you were saying, basically I'm creating safe environment where you can talk about your problem, your struggle, and you can, you can, yeah, we can freely without, you know, negative influence or criticism, you know, this is the environment I created. And I think you will love what, if you join, that's the, the biggest thing you're going to notice, you know, yeah. it's not about TJ, but it's about you. And I, and I sense that in you and from the people that have talking to me, uh, I got to tell you, Larry Kale says something positive about you. You got to <laughs> take a look. He's going to listen to this episode. I'm sure you know. I know he will. Know. <laughs> <laughs> I know he will. <laughs> All right, David. Take Thank care. you so much. Take care. Yeah, we'll, we'll connect soon. You've been listening to the Podiatry Profits Podcast with Dr. TJ On. To find out more about Dr. TJ On or discover how you can grow your podiatry practice, visit drtjon.com. Or you can also get a free copy of Dr. On's best-selling book, Opt Out how to take back financial control of your private clinical practice without the hassle of insurance companies. Just go to optoutbook.com.